This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Coach Podcast. All right, you guys, welcome back to another impactful episode of the Virtuous Coach Podcast. In today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview Miss Pamela Gagnon. Pamela is a Division I gymnast. She went to Rutgers. She's a gymnastics coach. She is also a CrossFit Games master's athlete, and she's the co-founder of Performance Plus Programming. Uh, And in today's episode, we jump into all things gymnastics. If you take two seconds and you go check out Pamela's Instagram page, you will see just a wide and vast library of just different skills and different ways to do just high complex movements that you see all the time in, you know, your local CrossFit gym. And uh, she just has an amazing way of breaking those things down into very layman's terms so that, you know, the, the, the average gym goer can, you know, start to learn and incorporate these complex movements into their, you know, their fitness practice on a day-to-day basis. And in today's episode, we kind of jump into some of the method to her madness. And she is just a great speaker, fantastic at helping to articulate these things to people. And I'm just very excited for you guys to have the opportunity to learn from her today. And, and truthfully, I was on the other side learning the entire time as well. So real quick, before we jump into today's show, um, first and foremost, we are always looking to spread more about this show and to get this episode and, and this you know, these episodes really into the hands of more people. So a way that you can kind of help me do that first and foremost is to take a screenshot on your phone and then go ahead and post it on your Instagram story. And then be sure to to tag both Pamela and I in it. She is at Pamela Agnon on Instagram and I am at Coach Cody Smith. Again, take that screenshot, post on your story. We would love to connect with you and to have a conversation with you and to even just get to ask you what you took away from the show. So again, take that screenshot, tag both of us in it. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and get Pamela on the show. All right, you guys. Hey, welcome back to the Virtuous Coach Podcast. It is an awesome, awesome opportunity for us to be able to talk with Miss Pamela Gagnon. She is a Division One gymnast, CrossFit Games Masters athlete, and co-founder of Performance Plus Programming. And uh, I feel super fortunate to be able to steal some of her time today. Uh, so, Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, really nice to be able to reach people, you know, in different parts of the country that I wouldn't normally reach. So I enjoy these opportunities a lot. For sure. Awesome. So you just, uh, if, if you do any sort of like searching for, you know, gymnastics stuff online, you're, you're likely to, to stumble into some of, uh, Pamela's stuff. So Pamela, I'd love to kind of jump into who you are in a, in a nutshell, what you do, and then, uh, realistically kind of how you found your way to doing all that stuff. Well, sure. Um, let's see who I am. I am a mom. <laughs> um, I have two boys that are in college. One is a freshman, one's a sophomore. And, um, we, um, we have a very unique close relationship. So we all love, um, well, I'd say my older one loves CrossFit more than my younger one, but we love fitness. Um, and we all play guitar together. So it's a lot of fun when they come home from their college breaks and, uh, we have like a band going now. Um, my older one, yeah, my older one has started to learn drums and my younger one yeah, and now he's like obsessed with the keyboard. So I'm like, we have a full band. So it's really <laughs> fun. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess my journey really started when I was six years old and I found the sport of gymnastics. I have to say I was 
born naturally flexible. So um, I was lucky in that respect. Um, I kind of fell into the sport because I guess you kind of, you know, follow things or stick with things you tend to excel in, right? And since I guess I was naturally flexible, they were like, oh, this this could be good for gymnastics. And I just, I really, really fell in love with the sport from day one. Um, I like the challenge mentally and physically of it. Um, even though we were in leotards, I felt like it was kind of a really tough sport. I could always do more pull-ups than the boys in like, <laughs> you know, middle school. And so that I really liked. And what brought me into CrossFit was really the gymnastics portion of it. And also um, that I was able to work out with guys as well, too, um, that it's kind of fun to like go toe to toe and be like, yeah, I'd be, you know, I could beat you. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and it fuels me a little bit more. So I think that that's really fun. Mixing the gender and the sport is really a lot of fun. But um, yeah, so I founded gymnastics at six and was um, lucky enough to do it through college, uh, went to Rutgers University and had a blast, um, had an amazing team, teammates, experience. And then after college, I was completely lost. Um, I fit, fit, fitness wise, like, I was like, what, what do I do now? You know, like, right. so I tried tennis, um, I coached gymnastics um, at nights. So I would like condition with the girls and, um, and to, I, you know, I really, I graduated college in uh, 96. So it wasn't until 2010 that I found CrossFit really close, closer to 2011. So um, it was a rough, it was a rough 10, you know, 12 years or so, whatever, 12, 10, 14 years before I really found CrossFit. So um, I've always um, enjoyed coaching as well, too. I taught fourth and sixth grade. So I think like teaching is kind of in my nature. And that's just a brief synopsis of me. Gotcha. So do, do you find, uh, so fun fact, my gym actually started, so I was coaching a number of years ago inside of like a local gym here. We had moved from uh, basically Virginia all the way to the, the West Coast. Which, so when you said you were from Carolina, uh, I was kind of piqued my interest because I'm like, where in Carolina are you from? Um, okay. So we were, we were in kind of the Virginia Beach area and we moved out here to Washington and started in my garage and was coaching some people out here because we had, you know, kind of started the gym in Virginia and had grown it a little bit, but it wasn't anything significant. And then when we moved out to yeah. Washington state here, um, basically I had to start all over again and was working out of my garage and was coaching kind of at a, a local gym. And these two gymnasts came in and, mm -hmm. you know, we got to talking after and they're like, yeah, our, the owner of our gymnastics facility wants to put a CrossFit gym in these old, you know, racquetball courts. So we were able to kind of get started in there. And, uh, so the, the two gymnasts, obviously the, the, the wife of the husband that I'd kind of originally started being my training partner, uh, she got really good. And she actually went to the games as an individual in 2018. And wow. um, yeah, yeah. So she, I mean, obviously gymnast to, you know, CrossFit was kind of a natural thing at first, you know, we would beat her in workouts <clears throat> and then all of a sudden she started just beating the snot out of us and everything we did. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> which, you know, she's kind of naturally fell into being able to do all the gymnastics things. And she got really strong in Olympic weightlifting. Uh, but our gym for the probably the first four years was inside of a gymnastics facility and we kind of would train some of the girls and then work with a lot of the parents and stuff like that. So that's kind of how we get started. And it, uh, it seems like all of them who, you know, they kind of finished 
like doing gymnastics, they naturally would yeah. migrate to CrossFit and our gym and uh, be good at it and beat the crap out of everybody, which was always kind of fun to watch. <clears throat> do you find that that's kind of like a very, I'm not going to say easy transmission or transition, but do you find that gymnasts have uh, just a lot of the natural capability as they come into the CrossFit space? Yeah. So the way I train my athletes is the way I learn gymnastics. And that's mm -hmm. building muscle memory, step-by-step -step body awareness, spatial awareness, agility, accuracy, all of the, you know, 10 gen general physical like skills of CrossFit. Um, the neurological components are really used huge in the sport of gymnastics. And that's why, you know, where we make, um, the transition easier to learn Olympic lifting. Cause that is a ton of body awareness, right. you know, timing, body awareness, like the strength will come. You can work at that. It's harder to teach the body awareness part of it. Um, so I think it's a really natural and good, pro good, you know, next step. If um, a gymnast graduates college and they're still looking to kind of have that competitive edge, I guess, yeah. you know, um, because that's what I enjoyed about it too. Like when I tell you how terrible I am at squatting and running, like gymnasts run a hundred yards and that's like all we need to do. I found you guys so, all run similar too. Like your technique yeah. looks similar. <laughs> With like straight arms. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, some, I mean, sometimes you guys can cruise, man. You're moving super fast, but the, 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 the form in the body is always very similar. It is. It's a very, it's a very unique run down the vault runway or yeah. tumbling. Um, so those things I really still struggle with in CrossFit, like my overhead squat was like when I was in games training was 20 pounds more than my front squat, Oh well. <laughs> which is like unheard of. That's how bad I am at like front and back squatting, but anything overhead where I have to stabilize. Good to go. I'm much better at. Yeah. So, um, and the running I'm still working at. So, it it was a good transition because it kept me competitive with myself. Like I'm never going to be a great runner, but I can get better. And I, I just like that fuel. You know, I like that part of the sport because I, I do suck at a lot of it, you know, nice. um, like people watch me do like pull-ups or bar muscle-ups and I'm like, whoa, whoa, just wait, wait, <laughs> <laughs> you won't feel, you won't feel like that when you see me do some squatting and running and, you know, I make them giggle and they're like, oh, okay, she was right. <laughs> She's not that good at squatting. <laughs> so that, that's um, funny. As so, you're, as you're kind of yeah. talking, I was thinking about, um, so the, the, the girl that came from our gym, her name is Casey Campbell. She, um, when she was kind of coming up, I can think of just as you were kind of going through, I was like, man, she, she, she did kind of take to Olympic weightlifting very quickly, but yeah. there, were, there were certain modalities like, uh, some of the, like, I would say the slow strength movements, like, uh, mm -hmm. squatting, deadlifting, pressing, um, very stable, but like kind of getting, I guess you could say like efficient with some of those things, like took yeah. a little bit more time than everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Gymnasts use a lot more upper body than lower body. So some gymnasts come out of the gate super strong and squatting. It's just depending on your body type too, you know? Gotcha. Um, yeah. Cool. So kind of, kind of moving into that. So something I can always remember when I used to have conversations with, uh, you know, Casey, when she was with us was it was, she would always share that it was far different working with adults in gymnastics than it was like some of the kids that she was coaching. Right. Have you found mm -hmm. that kind of similar to, and, and I guess did that kind of fuel you to start making all the content because I, I was literally just scrolling through your page today and i was like oh my gosh there's so much here like um to me i'm always i, I always really appreciate when a content creator is just 
it appears now I can't, I can't, I don't want to speak for you and say that it comes easy to you to create and have all these ideas. But <clears throat> when somebody just has like such a diverse, you know, creativity from the outside perspective, it's always fascinating to me. So for you, like moving from coaching kids or, or mm -hmm. you know, teenagers into coaching adults, like how has that transition been for you? And then I guess probably what are some, you know, common pitfalls that you kind of run into? Yeah. So I actually found the opposite. I found that okay. kids and adults are very, very similar. Um, I find that they want to get the answer really fast and they just want to know the quickest path. <laughs> and um, if I under, if I explain the method to the madness of like each step, then they're like, Oh, okay. I get that. And like, I explain it very similarly that um, the way you learn to read first, you learn the sound of the letter then you learn how to put the sound together with another letter or two. Then you do the word. Then you do the sentence. Then you do the paragraph. Then you do the chapter, you know, and so forth and so on. And so all of this is just the same. Like the end goal, yeah, is to read the whole book. But if you didn't learn how to sound out the letters properly, you're going to struggle a lot. Not to say you can't get through that end goal. But um, I try to always like make it make sense, you know, because they're like, why are you, why am I doing this drill? And I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to think about. We're going to build this muscle memory. And this is the portion of the drill that's going to build up muscle memory and strength. And so when I taught fourth and sixth grade, I taught math the same way. I was a math teacher in sixth grade. So I broke it down step by step. So your brain didn't get very overwhelmed with, oh my God this problem's impossible. And I'm like, nope, not if we take it one step at a time. And that's how people feel about handstands and bar muscle ups and pull ups. It, it seems like just a daunting task because you're thinking about the angle, but the magic happens in between, you know? So I, I find them similar where, you know, human beings kind of all think alike, you know? Um, I mean, in that sense of like, okay, retrain the brain type of thing. We want it now, but we can't really have it now. <laughs> gotcha. So what are, and I can think about like with me coaching too, and I'm coaching people around some of these things. Sometimes I find it, um, and, and this could be just my lack of capacity and my ability to explain things. Um, but I, I find sometimes it's hard. I don't want to say hard, but more challenging from, mm -hmm. from most other things to kind of get people bought in on the, yeah. the long path. Cause I'm assuming like you breaking things down like that does take a little bit longer time and you know, but it's going to make their skills so much more efficient over time and just make it better and something that'll stick. What are, you know, I guess, do you run into mm -hmm. issues with people buying in on the longer path? And then, um, if so, like, how do you, how do you kind of bring people to where you want them to be like mentally on that? Yeah. Excellent question. So, um, my very initial meeting with a new athlete, I say, give me four to six weeks. I'm going to explain the method to my madness. And if you're not happy and don't see improvement four to six weeks, we'll go back to the drawing board and see. And I've never really had an athlete come back. They've always like after the four to six weeks, like, oh, I see the improvement. Or like, <laughs> oh, okay, I get this. I understand where this is going now. Um, so it's just like, hey, you, you know, you came to me, put trust in me. I'm going to work really hard with you. And then we go back to the drawing board. So they don't feel like they're stuck in this like dark hole of like drills, 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 and never getting to their goal. Mm -hmm. So when, when people come to you and they are brand new, is this, uh, 
like I know for me, like in the, at, at the gym, like people come and they have all kinds of like diverse backgrounds and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. maybe they have like a, a, a certain understanding of certain things and maybe not so much of others. When, when people come to you and they have little to no understanding of, you know, gymnastics and things like that, but they are aware that they want to learn these things. Is there a particular, ex and, and obviously you could very well be like, well, it depends. And then it could go a number of different yeah. ways, but like, are there particular exercises that you feel are precursors for other things as far as like skills are concerned that you typically start with people or is it just 100% dependent on, you know, what they're looking for? Yeah. So, um, if you look at the training of elite gymnasts, collegiate gymnasts, um, gymnasts that go to the Olympics, uh, if you walk into a gymnastics club and watch the six-year-olds all the way to the, you know, high schoolers, they're all spending an hour doing the very basics in the most virtuous way. So doing the most common, uncommonly well, mm -hmm. right? And so no matter what my athlete um, wants to learn, it's always the foundation we spend the most time. And I was a collegiate gymnast and I every single day still do foundational drills. So that's shaping, arches and hollow shaping on every bit that you can imagine. So it's laying down, it's hanging, it's swinging, it's, um, you know, um, in handstands. So you're inverted, excuse me. And uh, so I, I continually pound the pavement of the shaping and the strength. If you have the strict strength, the shaping, that's how you build the body awareness. Once you have the body awareness, then we start understanding spatial awareness. That's moving through space, through momentum. Um, and once you have that foundation, everything's pretty much a much easier track. Love that. And it, it kind of makes me think, so like right now at our gyms, because um, I have kind of two, I have one that's like the fitness side, that's virtuous fitness, and then we have virtuous grappling. But I'm currently, I'm currently walking through this kind of method of teaching that I learned from a, a guy who's out in Maryland called the ecological approach. And essentially what we're doing is we're, he talks a lot about like how people react and respond to certain environments and how that can be different and why in, you know, grappling and jujitsu, it's important not to give somebody like a specific thing, but to kind of let them to figure it out. But mm -hmm. as the coach, that's challenging because it's hard to show somebody how to do something without like teaching them a specific technique. And, um, what I've had to do and what I found and, and kind of where I'm going to relate it back to you just, what you were just saying was mostly around, I have to really understand what is happening inside of certain situations so that I can articulate an environment. And because I, and getting my, my, my people to really understand the foundational concepts and shapes in jujitsu, it's starting yeah. to tie all of their different games together. So you're pretty much saying that, right? Like once you understand how to shape your body, how to be stable in certain places and how to create certain positions, now all of these different higher skill things just tie together. Yes, totally. Absolutely. Great way to like think about it. Um, it kind of brings me to this athlete I'm working with and she comes to me and she's like, I have no coordination. I'm super uncoordinated. And so we were doing some drills and she did have trouble with the coordination of gotcha. just, you know, a simple like shoulder drill. And I was like, okay, but you can learn coordination. I'm like, your brain is going to like overload right now. She's thinking a hundred different things. So that's why the foundation, like we broke it down. I'm like, okay, let's break it down to one. The first, like, let's say it was 
um, a shoulder drill. I was like, okay, it's three steps. We're only going to do one step today. Step one. And we just spent 20 minutes on step one. And she was like, oh, okay, I, I can do this, you know? So it is like, if you build that foundation of just simpler movements, the harder ones are so much easier, you know? Gotcha. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people that kind of do that on their own probably try to jump that step. They're like, yes. oh, wait, I get good at keeping pull-ups. I should just do keeping pull-ups a lot more. And you're probably like, well, no, 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 no. Let's work on holding a good hollow arch position and gripping and things like that first. Yeah. And I think simple gets a bad rap. Simple doesn't mean boring. Right. There's so many fun drills that I do with my athletes that are simple shaping drills but they're very different. I'm not making them just hold a hollow on the ground. Right. Like we take a slider and we're moving, you know, different shapes through the slider and we use uh, like just different things that different drills that, you know, I have a million in my programs. Um, it can be fun. Like you don't, you know, normally think of these drills on your own, but they're still simple foundational work but nobody wants to like be bored on the playground. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Totally. So to, to kind of get into that a little bit, um, you guys, if you haven't, if you don't already and you have the opportunity to go check out Pamela's Instagram page, like she, uh, and of course, Pamela, I'll attach all that stuff in the show notes as well. But if you guys have an opportunity to go check out her page, there is, I mean, you could probably scroll for several minutes and not get through all of the drills and things that are there. And, and again, like I love the creativity that people have. It just fascinates me because I feel like I like have to sit and stare at a computer and brainstorm super hard to come up with any content ideas. Uh, so I, I love how, and again, this, I'm, I don't want to, cause you're probably in your mind like, Oh man, I have to take forever to think some of these things. But if you don't like it, it looks very well put together from the outside perspective. What, Thank where you. do do, where do those ideas come from? Like, are you just like out in the garage messing around doing stuff? Are these things that were learned or is mm -hmm. it, or do you just have this magical gift that yeah. unfortunately I don't have? Like, what, what does that look like when you're kind of creating some of these things? Oh, thank you. Um, so I think um, a solid, like 50% of my ideas come from when I was younger training gymnastics and taking those drills and applying it to a garage gym. How am I going to recreate this? for an adult who doesn't have the flexibility of a six-year-old, you know? Um, so a lot of that is breaking that down. Um, I also, when I'm working with an athlete, um, you always, you know, you can't have like one tool in the tool shed. And if I try three drills and they're not working, sometimes I'll just like, it'll like click, like, let's try this. And it's brand new. And I'm like, wow, that worked. And then we'll leave. And I'm like, I got a video of that. Cause like, I'll remember it. This will help somebody else, you know? Um, so some of it is through my athletes challenging me to like, I'm like, you are not going to leave until I figure this out. Like until I can get through to, you know, your brain. Um, and then the other part is me just going in my garage and just being like, okay, this, the the majority of athletes have this issue and I just kind of mess around and see like, okay, this uses the same muscles or this will build like the mental capacity for this skill. And so all of it's through that. But I do think like, um, 
you know, being a teacher, my mom was a teacher, my sister was a teacher. I think I have um, the genetics, luckily, of like being able to break things down to be easily understood. Um, And so I feel grateful that I have that, like teaching and coaching really is a passion of mine, you know? Love that. And, and I'm sure it probably helps that you have such a vast understanding. I've always found, and I think about this again, to relate it back to jujitsu, even a little bit, my, uh, the, the guy who's kind of helping me through some of this ecological stuff and, and showing yeah. me the ropes on it. He really challenged me to truly understand because his, his, his message to the world. So a lot of black belts in the world are not very happy with this guy, not showing techniques and having people successful from it. But mm-hmm. his, his, his kind of rebuttal is like, I really understand the positions and the shapes and the concepts well enough to where I can show something that, you know, show a technique with just putting somebody in the right environment and allowing their body to create it. So I'm sure for you, like when you're able to come up with these drills, it's because you truly understand what it takes to, to do these positions and these skills successfully. Yeah. Love that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of amazing coaches and mentors that, you know, I've learned from and, they've helped me along the way too. And my, you know, as, as I was becoming a collegiate gymnast, like I came into some amazing coaches that showed me drills that were for me. And so, you know, I'm not some wizard, like there's great collaboration. I think collaboration and coaching is in education and everything is so important, you know? Love that. So what are, I'm sure people come to you all the time. Like, is there a commonality of what people are asking for? Like, it's like, Hey, I really want to learn handstands. Hey, I want to muscle ups or is it pretty diverse? Yeah, no. Um, the bar muscle up is by far the like top skill that every athlete wants to obtain. And it's a very cool skill and it's, it's a fun skill when you get it. Um, but a lot of people don't realize how much strength you need. You you can't just rely on the kipping bar muscle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the first one. The second one is handstand walking. Because okay. who doesn't want to walk on their hands? That's so fun, right? I mean, it's cool if you're in a group of people and you're like, hey, you want me to walk on my hands to that, That's right. that bucket over there, you know? <laughs> um, um, I think ring muscle ups are going to make a comeback. They've they've fallen off the bandwagon because HQ, like CrossFit headquarters, hasn't really programmed them for the CrossFit Open. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really feel like that's a great skill. And I only really teach that strict um, for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. And then once you have nailed the strict really well, then we can work on the kipping. But being able to like swing through space without having the strict strength to control those rings can get pretty dangerous, you know? And I'm curious for myself too, does that, does that apply to like when you're teaching, let's say you're going through somebody with a handstand pushup, are you, are you focusing on them getting the strict ability first and giving them strengthening exercises or do you allow kipping before strict? Cause I know some coaches have like hard lines where they're like, Hey, before kipping pull up, we go strict before we go any sort of kipping dip position or muscle up. You got to know, you got to be able to do strict. Like, is that a prerequisite for you on certain movements as well? Uh, it is 100%. The, um, strict before kip. And the reason I, my athletes really don't give me a hard time with it. Um, because I give them the reason why. Mm-hmm. So like if you're doing kipping handstand pushups, and you're coming down with the force of three to five times your body weight, and you don't even know how to, con- you don't have the strength to control the descent. Over time, 
your neck and spine aren't going to really like you. And 99.9% of my athletes are everyday mom and dads or, you know, doctors, nurses that really need to live a good, healthy lifestyle that they're not looking to get to the CrossFit games, you know, and they're coming to better their life. And I'm like, if you want to better your life, gymnasts work on strict strength first. We learn swings. There's nothing wrong with learning shapes of kipping swing, Mm. but you don't want to add the strength component to it. So remember how I said, like, nobody wants to be bored on the playground. Right. (laughs) Like, so like I see a lot of coaches, if their athletes can't do pull-ups, they're like, go do ring rows or use the band. And I'm like, well, nobody wants to be stuck on that forever. Right. So, or most people don't. So make it fun, like break the skill up. So work on the kip swing. So if it's 15 pull-ups every round, do 10 kip swings and then do five like box assist pull-ups where you're not bouncing through the band and you're able to use your muscles to control the most important portion, which is the bottom portion. Learning how to go from an inactive hang to an active hang takes a lot of muscles and the band takes that away from the athlete. It it does it for, for you. So yeah, while you're still pulling, you're not really getting much closer to the skill itself. Um, so I would have the athlete, like I said, do break that skill up, 10 kipping swings and five box um, assist pull-ups, which is in my pull-up program. Um, and then the athlete's like, well, this is fun because I get to swing. Like everybody wants to learn a kip swing and I'm getting really strong. And once they realize how hard five box pull-ups are compared to 15 banded pull-ups, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I am really getting strong. Now I love ring rows for certain reasons, but I don't think that they should be done every single time there's a pull-up. I think they're amazing. I think they're great pulling strength, but it's not going to relate as well to the pull-up that, you know, the method I teach will. Gotcha. So for, for the, you know, we, for the, I, I do have CrossFit coaches to kind of listen to the show, like for the group coach who wants to start bringing some of this, you know, some of these type, I guess, uh, you know, methodologies, if you will, to their group yeah. session, um, what does that look like? Are we, cause I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about like managing a 60 minute session. Is this more mm-hmm. of a, like you do a, a clinic type thing, or is there ways to sneak some of this in to each session? And then over time, obviously incorporating a, a full system into it. Like wh- what would you recommend to that coach listening to this? It's like, I want to start incorporating this. Where should they start? Yeah. Well, um, one we do, we have a performance plus programming and affiliate program, oh, nice. um, as well too, for gyms. Um, and so it breaks down some of those skills as well too. Um, but yeah, like, um, learning it yourself and then being able to spread the love. So before you teach it to the class, it and it takes three seconds and three, not three seconds, it takes five minutes to explain. If you don't have pull-ups today, we're going to do it this way. Um, Next week, we're going to do ring rows. Continually switch it up. Like my method isn't the right method. There's so many different methods. Sure, sure. And then the next week, Sure, grab a band, but don't always use the same method because your athletes just kind of stuck there, you know, and like we're here to get them stronger as as they go through this. Like if they're not seeing results, why are they showing up every day? We need to like as coaches challenge them and 
and come up with ways to challenge them. So the way to implement it is one, try it yourself. Like, okay, right. You know, before you program it that day, try out what the kip swing plus the box assist pull-ups are. If you don't know what that is, contact me, you know, Mm -hmm. um, check out the affiliate program, go, go to a seminar, learn more, just educate yourself more, watch Instagram videos of coaches that actually, you know, really make sense of what they do. Um, and I think that's the best way. I think that there's so many amazing things on the internet, but there's also things that people are just trying to, you know, get views for like a a ridiculous drill. And, you have to like weigh the like weigh the options of like okay is is this really gonna get the athlete to where I need them to be or is this just like a show pony trick? Right, I love that, and, and that's something I, I me personally I try to do it. We try to, as a team we do it at Virtuous where like if you know an athlete we see them typically if an athlete comes to me and they're like hey what do you think for you know we call them personalizations inside of the group. Like, what do you think for personalization on, on pull-ups today? And my question is always like, well, what did you do last time? Cause I never want them. Cause you know, you do get those athletes that are like, well, I, when we do pull-ups, I use the green band. This is, this is what I do. I hop in the green band. I just get to work, you know? And my, my challenge to them always is like always looking to get different stimulus is kind of the best yeah. option for you just because you're going to get exposed to as many different shapes and positions as possible. So um, I, I love that piece of advice. What about on the other side, though, on the, the client-facing side? Maybe they don't have a coach that is, you know, getting the, the Pamela Gagnons of the world on their <laughs> podcast to ask questions, right? Like, what if they don't have a coach like that, but they want to start doing some of this on their own? Um, of course, you guys should definitely go get her program. But on top of that, too, like, is there a specific exercise they should start? Or I, I don't even want to use the word exercise. Is there a particular skill that you would favor over others? Or is it just like, hey, you know, start at this base level of movements like what would you recommend to that person who doesn't have access to a good coach who is is interested in helping them to get there i think um the three the three things i would focus on are shaping so the arch and hollow um that's the first thing the second thing is strength in pulling so put like strict pull-ups pulling movements Mm -hmm. and the third thing would be inversion so any sort of inverted whether you're um, in a pike inversion, whether you're in a downward dog inversion, because just for some people that's hard, whether you're working on wall walks. Um, so those are really the three foundational, I think, um, moves that would help you help you be fit for life and be like, feel like you are more prepared, whether you want a barbell lift or you want to go running, like all that foundation of pulling, pressing, and pressing meaning inversion, mm-hmm. um, and shaping will help you along the way. Love that. I love that kind of framework too. So what would you say to the person as you're kind of thinking that I had another kind of question come to mind, what would you say to the person? Cause commonly I'll have people that will, I'm going to say just very, uh, softly challenge me on cause you, you, you mentioned, you know, kind of living long and prosper, if you will, through some of these things. Mm-hmm. Have you ever ran into the conversation around whether this is functional for their life or not? And if so, how did you overcome that? Meaning like, you know, where am I going to need this in everyday life type question? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so I like, I love to teach glide kips. It's a super fun skill. Mm-hmm. And my athletes are like, oh, okay, this is really fun. But like, why am I learning this? And I'm like, <laughs> well, because you're moving through space. You have connection with your body, to your brain, to like being in 
space, right? Open, you know, open space as you're swinging. So it's just connecting all these neurological components. It's like, why did I take up guitar two years ago at age 46 to connect my brain and all these like synapses and like make, make new connections. So my brain can continue to grow, you know, and it's really, that's really what it's about. Like connecting your body and brain and building all those neurological pathways to just continue hopefully living a healthy life. And your, your mind is a huge part of that, you know? Love that. Love that. So what, what would a programming split look like for you? Right? Like if you're and obviously that's going to depend on where the, the level of the person was, but so like currently I like, so I subscribe to, to mayhem, right? I just, number one, mm-hmm. they're a faith-based organization. I I'm a Christian. I, I just, tend to support those things as much as I possibly can. And, uh, when I, like when I see your stuff up there, I'm always trying to, cause as, as a, I'm a programming nerd. So like, I love to look at like programming and understand why people do things. And, uh, so I often will look at like the mayhem gymnastics portion that you put in there and I was like, man, I wonder what her template is. I wonder what her framework is. How many days per week does she do it? How long does she expect us to work on these things? So these are the kind of the questions that I run in my head. So, um, it, do you have like a favorite template that you love to run? And if so, like, what is the day split if, if any, and then, you know, what time duration do you think people should spend on these types of things? Yeah. So, um, I love working for mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mayhem Gymnastics is a very is programmed very differently than my business performance plus. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um so Mayhem is kind of in these cycles where we start with a test and then at the end of the cycle, eight-week cycle, we retest. So it's kind of measurable, observable, you know. Um, and it's a little bit for you know, athletes that kind of I guess have those skills, sure. right? So it's not as technique based. It's a little more um, driven by just do, like the skill itself. Um, Performance Plus is smaller but more frequent exposure. So it might only be ten to fifteen minutes a day, but we're doing this four to five days a week. Oh, nice. Um, so I find that people who have lives, kids, work, family like stress that if you can keep it 10 to 20 minutes, um, small manageable, you know, little sets, they will stick with the program. It's like when it gets to be overwhelming, they're like, I don't have time for this. Who has time to do 40 minutes of work plus a workout plus that, you know, and so that's the methodology behind, behind performance plus really the accessory accessory work to get you better at everything. Um, So whether you're doing the kipping mechanics program at Performance Plus, it's programmed to make your pulling better in Olympic lifting. It's programmed so you can do mayhem, you know, everyday athlete, plus spend an extra 10 minutes working on your mechanics, where I dive very much deeper into like the drip, the, the, stages and steps in between the start and the finish of a skill. I love that. I love that. I love that breakdown too. It kind of helps. I, I'm sure that like for me as a coach listening to this, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So if I wanted to start programming some of this in, first of all, I'm going to go look at Pamela's program and then I'm going to start trying to find out how to mix it in with what we're doing. Love that. Yeah. Uh, so love it, it. another great question. So you are a parent. 
right? You're in a famous yes. band at your house with your kids, right? <laughs> That's uh, right? You're a coach. You also make content all day long. Like, um, I'd love to know, like, are you just like the best time blocker ever? Do you just have like, you know, your day planned out to a T and you run through it? What does that, you know, I'm a father of three, I got two Huskies, a wife, like two businesses mm -hmm. that I'm running. Sometimes things run into each other and they step on each other time-wise. Like, um, so I love to ask people who, who do so much, like, what does that management of that look like? And um, what sort of like, uh, I guess, value offerings could you offer to a person that may be in a similar situation to you? Yeah, I, I really like that. I am shocker, like a type A planner. What? <laughs> I mean, can you believe it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a whiteboard in my office and um, I have a list um, the top of the week. I Monday morning, we'll sit down. I like to get up early. I work best. My brain is fresh, um, like 630, like at my desk by 7 a.m., if not 6.30, mm -hmm. usually because I have early athletes a few days a week. So 6, 6.30 in the morning at my desk, Monday, writing down the list. I look at like my calendar of what we're planning out content-wise, um, you know, and write that down. So I break it down. So I'm not overwhelmed. Like if I were to come to a coach and be like, teach me this skill. And I'm like, it seems so overwhelming. Cause when I do look at some of my weeks, I'm like, what, how am I going to find any time to do this? So yes, the whiteboard is huge for me organizing that. I also try not to look too far ahead in the week once I have it written down. So when I close up work Monday night, I look at Tuesday only. I don't look at Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I'm like, okay, this is what I have today. Now I am now an empty nester. So I was in the throes like you were of the four-year-olds and all that mm. for many, many years. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, so much fun yet so exhausting. Yes. Um, so I have an advantage now, but yeah, for 20 years, I you know, raised children, two boys and had their schedule and cook for them. And it was busier and it was honestly, it was harder. Um, but if you're organized and like, I don't even let laundry pile up because that gets overwhelming. So I'm like every other day, like I have to <laughs> do a small load. Um, and that seems silly because it's probably like, but wait, you're doing it all the time. But for my brain, it works better. It's like tamping, it's like tamping the like fire down. Yeah. Yes. It's taming the fire. Exactly. And other people's brains work different. Like they might be like, gosh, that would be overwhelming to do laundry every other day. I'm going to save it till Saturday and just knock it out three hours, put a podcast on your podcast. Um, so humble plug. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm very organized. Um, when I'm not organized, I don't do well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know for me, if my, if my, if my Google calendar is not like even today, like we moved this up a little bit for, yeah. for, for coaching and for kid purposes. And even today I was like, got to move it on the calendar. Cause if I don't get the notification, I'm going to miss it. And then I'm going to look like <laughs> yeah, a, totally. a jack wagon for asking for time and then not showing up. Um, <laughs> so yeah, totally get that. So, um, Pamela, I'd love to support you in any way that I can where, you know, what do you have coming up, uh, as far as things that you guys are going to be putting out so that, you know, my listeners can go and check that out. Um, and then again, I, I know that you're on a tight schedule and so am I, so I want to respect that. So tell us what you got coming out next and, and, and please, please, please plug yourself so that people can kind of go and learn more about you. 
Thank you. First of all, it was super fun talking to you and getting to know you across the country. Awesome. Um, so Instagram and YouTube, probably the two places you can find me. Pamela Genon um, is my Instagram and my YouTube cham- channel is Pamela Gagnon, G-A-G-N-O-N. Um, and then my business um, is Performance Plus Programming. Again, that is like on my Instagram and on my YouTube as well, but it has its own Instagram. Um, and what's really cool is we offer like our athletes so many um, so many plus like bonuses. We do a live YouTube clinic every month and they can ask questions and we answer them live and it's very interactive and we have a full like members Facebook page uh, or athlete members Facebook page that they post like hey, I'm struggling with this drill. And, you know, it's kind of like, I'll jump on and answer it. Or my business partner is a doctor PT will answer it. Um, And then some of the athletes are like, wow, I struggle with that too. Here's what worked for me. And I love that they're able to give that feedback to other athletes too. Um, So we have a lot going on and a lot of great programs. I have over 30 programs, gymnastics-based, skilled programs, plus mobility and some endurance and some endurance written by, um, a guy who's a, um, Ironman and also a CrossFit level three coach. Um, so he's been, he's our IT guy as well. He's brilliant and everything. I'm like, what don't you do? <laughs> yeah. One, um, one of those guys, huh? Like can just do yeah. everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's it. And, um, just looking forward to, you know, I love that I, can provide content that's useful and helpful to our fitness world. And that's really my main goal is if I can make one person feel like they can get this skill and it's obtainable, then I've kind of done my job, you know? Love that. Love that. So Pamela, again, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very grateful to have had you on the show today. And then, um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Coach podcast. I release episodes every single week. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any. You can learn more about me by following me over at Instagram and Facebook at Coach Cody Smith. Lastly, and before you go, I would love your help. Please head on over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star rating and review. This is how we grow the show and continue to bring impactful information to you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you on the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,